sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here to the early line. Hour number two, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and my main man, Kevin Walsh. We go to another game. The only game that went to overtime so far this week as the New Orleans Saints go up to Chicago. They get the job done, albeit in overtime, in a game where we didn't think Allen Robinson would play because of the concussion mm. protocol. He gets cleared, but multiple Saints wide receivers were down, right? From Michael Thomas to uh, Manny Sanders still struggling with COVID. Even the kid Callaway, who was a revelation last week, he was down. And so it fell to Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook. As usual, they combine for 14 catches, 147 yards. They get into the end zone. Alvin Kamara continues to be probably the number one player in all of fantasy football right now, getting the production, getting the touchdowns, getting the scrimmage yards. And it was just enough to be in Chicago and beat the Bears. The Saints, you know, stay live, and the Bears blow an opportunity because Green Bay did, in fact, lose. They could have tightened this up, but they fall to the Saints. I got to tell you, this game, give Sean Payton a world of credit, man. He had a moment that could have flipped this game on its head. Fourth and one, 30-some-odd seconds left on the Bears' 48-yard line. You could punt. You go down. 13-3 to three into the locker room at the half. You start with the football. I don't think anybody's questioning it. He goes for it. They don't get that. Almost a guarantee the Bears are going to come away with a field goal opportunity. 16-3, you might have lost the game. Not only do they pick it up, they turn that into a touchdown. And it is 13-10 to 10 going into the locker room. You got the momentum now. And I got to give him credit. It was a very, very gutsy call. Now, the Bears still had plenty of opportunities. Again, the Bears were still winning going into the half. They had the football in overtime. They had their opportunities. And I had the Bears plus five and a half. That worked out great. I thought it was going to work out terribly. Uh, but it looks like I had some wind beneath my wings on, on a football Sunday because they didn't go in for the touchdown. Ultimately, though, I think this is decision time for people at home. Either the Saints are not as good as people think or the Bears are better than people think. That's up to the folks at home, okay? But... One of them's got to be true here for that Bears team to be as competitive as they were the whole time. Well, what about the fact that you think – so one thing I would actually think is that this version of the Saints – has room to get better still, right? Like they're without still Michael Thomas, they're without still their weapons, right? So I'm going to offer you option three, that the Bears are an average team, that this version of the Saints is just slightly above average, but that there's room in the tank for the Saints to get better and be a quality team, a playoff kind of team. Because now, Kev, even with what we've talked about, right? No Michael Thomas, who was the offensive player of the year last year in the NFL with a defense Mm -hmm. that was piss poor at the beginning, right? Was giving up 30 points a game. Small improvements. I understand the Bears don't threaten them as much, but that Saints team is five and two, right? And so they don't have as much to, you know, say, 
grow as some of these other contenders we may be talking about, right? And that's why we had to say we start to accept the Bears because they got to five wins. These Saints are now five and two, and I believe there's reason to believe they get more dynamic. So I actually think we could see the Bears not as a great team or a horrible team, as a mid-level team. The Saints as, and they're five and two, but a team that could get even better. Yeah, I, I think, and um, as we're welcoming our radio audience, of course, those out on the West Coast, we appreciate you joining us here, especially the Mightier 1090 for the early line. I, I think it's, I'm not telling you that you have to think the Bears are a great team, but okay. belong in this playoff conversation, not fraudulent, okay, is I think the label that they've warranted. I'll say this for the Saints. They better get better when Michael Thomas is back. They've won three straight games by a field goal margin. And if you look at those games, the Chargers, because all they do is hand teams wins on a silver platter, they are the, the West Coast Falcons, like quite obviously. But we just, like, Herbert's fun, and I don't know, the Falcons do it in even more spectacularly crushing fashion. The Panthers were in the mix the whole time, and the Bears have plenty of opportunities to win that football game. Again, Week 9 in Tampa, A.B. debut, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas return. They win that game, 6-2, and two, sweep the Bucs. Wow. They lose that game. Tampa's rolling. They're the hottest team in football, best team in the NFC, this, that, and everything. And what are the Saints? This, I'm not telling you that the Saints have to win the game. Because, again, that's a big ask in Tampa Bay. But they have to put some better results forward. They are getting by by the skin of their teeth, it feels like. All right. Fair enough. I feel like I'm going to go right down the rabbit hole. But with the Saints, you're talking about the results aren't enough. They got to get better. And with the Patriots, you're saying, don't mind the results. They still look okay. That's literally the same thing. It's applying context. No, I'm not not being hypocritical here. The results are what they they are. You're like, they got three wins. No, they are what they are. But that's the yeah. no. But so I just want you to know this though, right? You're like I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. But what you pointed out is I'm being consistent. I'm not just I blindly don't know that going. You are. No, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you because I'm applying context. At the end of the day, right? This is why it's very valuable to break down these teams as through the mind of betters. Against the spread matters a lot because how are you not performing up against about making the playoffs? No, it, sure, but I'm not telling you the Saints are going to miss the playoffs. But the Saints were the favorites to win the NFC, Dane. Okay. They're the favorites and to win their even, division. Wait a second. They have, now, even they, if they get that loss, like you say, they might next week at right. Tampa, right? Then that is a five and three team halfway through the sure. season. Sure. Okay. And that I don't we, we don't want to extrapolate out too much, but just on its face, that would be ten and six if they mirrored yes. that. And there are reasons right. for them to get better. Right? For Michael sure. Thomas coming but back. We knew and Michael Thomas wasn't coming in, and they haven't covered a number in like six weeks. All right, but you can cover the number and still win games and make the playoffs. We'll talk about it more when we come back on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, the candle burner, Kevin Walsh, with me, giving you all the information you need. We're trying to make it a profitable day. We got more games to discuss to see also how they look moving forward, right? And that's what you're here to get this analysis. It's not only the final scores. Kevin and I are telling you where we think this will go, even if we differ. We put the fun in functional sports content. In the next game, it was two AFC fringe contenders Kev right the Raiders and the Browns and we were going to see you know the narrative around this game's winner I was going to be very intrigued by I got to tell you the truth this is another one where the winning uh, entity I think was option C for me it was the wind in this one you saw it in the kicking game you saw it in a lot of games uh, yesterday the wind weather was a factor but the Raiders go to Cleveland and get a big win 16 to 6 this game goes under even though both of these teams had bad defenses the Raiders scored 10 points in the fourth quarter to get this win you know I mean what what do you take out of this? Because this was an odd game for me, Kev. I don't know yeah. what to make of this, to be quite honest. We had more combined rushing yards than passing yards in this game. That's all you need to know mm. about the fact that yeah. this game was completely like I don't want to take away credit for the Raiders, but this just isn't a real a realistic game almost, right? The so by like the you're way, comfortable we, throwing a line through this one? Like, we did not finish two drives. Before the third quarter ended, the Raiders' first drive of the second half was still going on by the time we hit the fourth quarter. Everything was just run, run, run. Now, do you think the wind that? To, was that because of the wind? Yeah, you couldn't throw the football. There was like you just could not throw the football, and that's and that's the reality of it. And that's and that's kind of one of the things that we've slightly disagreed on is I think the Browns do like to throw the football a little bit more than you do, um, and I, I think, think that's I like probably after the run. But yes, but ultimately, like they never found a rhythm. You know, like are we going to you know are all the we don't do this here because we're not nonsense. But like, is everyone going to say now that Odell Beckham wasn't all of the issues that ruined the no. Cleveland offense? You know what I'm, but no. you get what I'm saying, right? Like, right, right, right. No For me, it's more like both of these teams maybe needed to establish the run, right? That's their, like, how I say path to victory. And Josh Jacobs yeah. was just able to do it a little bit better, right? Jake, 31 yeah. carries, 128 yards. They were able yeah. to do so, right? On the flip side, when you see Kareem Hunt, 14 for 66. And it's not like the game ever got away from them, right? It's not like they were down two scores, so they were, you know, game scripted oh, yeah. out of the run. But I just think ultimately the Raiders did it better. They ran the ball better. And the Browns had a field goal that if it goes in, they've got all three timeouts oh, on the other side with an opportunity that to like get the football back. like a left-handed slice golf shot when the wind That's took hold of it. Yeah. Again, it, it, I don't want to – again, great result for the Raiders. Super strong resume, right? Get the result. Like super strong resume. The, uh, the other side of this coin is for the Browns. Just – they're, them having that Colts win is massive because otherwise they would be four and four with four losses to the four best teams that they played. Right? They hit the bye. The biggest thing for Cleveland, I think, is when they play Pitt and they play uh, Baltimore at home. Baltimore. They got housed. Can you make that respectable? Can you make it one and one? Oh my goodness! If you make it two and zero, oh. that's what I'm going to look for for Cleveland here. They just need to keep churning out results, though, right? They're going to come off the bye. They're going to play two straight home games against the Texans and the Birds, and then they're going to go at Jacksonville. They'll be favored in all three of those football games. Then they're going to have to play at the Titans and home versus the Ravens. 
But then after that, I just and I don't mean to go through the whole Cleveland schedule here, but then it's mm-hmm. Giants, Jets, a double up, and then we finish with Pittsburgh. That's a very manageable schedule for the Cleveland Browns, who are currently holding that seven spot in the AFC. To hit a bye, maybe at the perfect time, they need to come back locked and loaded here. But I'll tell you this right now. They let that Texans game slip, who's going to be a pesky team for a lot of these AFC contenders for the rest of the way. All of a sudden, this gets into dangerous waters for the Browns. Yeah, uh, and we will continue to see, right? I, I'm i going to tell you right now, next week, when we're talking, the next game, when we're talking about these Raiders and we're talking about these Browns, I am not going to take much from this game, okay? I'm not going to be like, oh, well, against the Browns, they did this, so blah, blah, blah. And we're going to have to start, you know, for gamblers, right? And you always talk about it from the sports betting angle. There are some times where you have to draw a line through the game and not take as much from it. And this may be one of those games. A, one of the biggest upsets, though, of yesterday's slate were the Tennessee Titans, who needed to bounce back after their loss against Pittsburgh, right? Previously being knocked from the ranks of the undefeated. Well, now they have lost two in a row. I was on the Bengals as the home dog. Okay, Kev, I thought that Joe Burrow was going to be live for kind of a backdoor cover. I thought they were going to keep slinging it. Dr. Chow yesterday morning told us all five of the Cincinnati Bengals offensive linemen were going to be down. It gave me cause for pause, but I thought Burrow would still be able to sling it. And, you know... That's what he's doing, right? He led the NFL in attempts going into this one. Another 27, two touchdowns. The largest of all the humans continues to hit his over receiving yards prop. I gave it out again yesterday. It never moved, Kev. It's been 56 and a half all the time. If this doesn't move, hammer it every week. This reminds me of last year. I was doing this around this part of the season, Kev, with Devontae Parker as he was continuing to ascend every single week. I think you could do the same thing with T. Higgins until further notice but i you know Mm -hmm. i also talk about the turnover margin a lot of times in games kev sure and tennessee was leading the league in turnover margin the Bengals were like minus two let's say but it was the Bengals that kind of got a key turnover and had and got like the break of serve if it was a tennis match you know and that's how they got the working margin and then the teams just exchanged touchdowns but that's part of what did it I know Cincy hey they've been in a lot of games we like how the hours pointing up on some elements of their team Burrow Higgins and the rest but Level of concern now for the Tennessee Titans, who after going undefeated, have now lost two in a row. One of them to what people, you know, consider the lowly Bengals. I mean, they were seven-point road favorites, and they ultimately went down by eleven. Any concern for Tennessee? I think this is what we talk about, where expectations can really help manage overreactions. You like the Bengals? I did as well. The seven was so much. And that's even like, look through the Cincinnati team, right? They had a push-off call back of an A.J. Green game winner in week one. Tied Philly. Yeah. They blew a 21 nothing lead to the Colts. The crazy Baker Mayfield play. I mean, that's... Like, this team could have five, six wins if a couple of different things break this way. Now... I don't think they're a six-win football team, but that's kind of what I'm saying. I think they're better than a two-win football team here. So if you're the Titans off of a very, very tough, grinded-out game against the Steelers after a very tough, grinded-out game against the Texans, this did feel like a possible letdown spot that up against the Bengals team that was due to see one go through the bucket. But here's the stretch for the Titans, Dane. Home versus the Colts. Excuse me. Home versus the Bears. Home versus the Colts. At the Ravens, home versus the Colts. Throw the Browns coming in the week after that as well. But that's what you and I remember. Roster reset. Yeah, yeah. Colts yeah. at Ravens at Colts. 
that Bears game now has a lot more juice to it, too, than I think we were kind of expecting during those roster reset conversations. The Titans right now in lockstep with Indy. This team does have to get back to it next week against the Bears team that's dropped two in a row. That's going to be very, very hungry, of course, going into Tennessee. That's fair, Kev. I will say this. When you just laid out those four games, as you all the time, when you lay out the schedule in my mind, I'm like, okay, is that one and three, two and one? What yeah. is that? And I thought, you know, I think it's very fair to expect Tennessee to get two and to go 500 in that stretch, two and two. Just so you know, mm-hmm. I give them the Bears win. I say they maybe even lose to Baltimore and split with Indy, right? And sure. if they do that, Kev, which is, you know, feasible, maybe it's, you know, one or the other, whatever. If they do that, though, they're seven and four. Right. And if you are if you're a seven and 14 getting into Thanksgiving, I think you got to feel pretty good still. Yeah. Maybe it depends on what they do. Heads up against the Colts. Right. For that mm-hmm. division. Right. If they want, if for either sure. one of them sweep the other, they'll be in the catbird seat in the AFC South. But if I'm Tennessee and I see if I'm standing at seven and four towards the end of this month, I'll feel good about my playoff position banking some of those wins. Kev, I know you're a big fan of the NWO, but it was Corey Davis for the Titans. Yeah. Who had a big game, Still found eight the catches, zone. 128 yards, and a touchdown. Don't forget about him. He's someone that is available in over 50% of leagues uh, for next week. And maybe something, if they spread it out a little bit more, you may want to keep an eye on Corey Davis. We've got a couple more games to look back at. We've got a game to look ahead at. And boy, was there stuff in college football. One of our chaos teams went down, but one of them looked like they are for real. We'll come on back and talk about it after the news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the Early Line. Big shout-out to all of our affiliates waking up early with us and getting on the grid. I'm Dane Martinez, and i got Kevin Walsh with me as we are looking back at these games here from yesterday. And I want to talk about, you know, an interesting AFC West matchup. You know, the Chiefs are going to run away and hide in this division. The Raiders get a resume-building win and need to be respected. These are kind of, you know, the, the, the bottom of this division. And listen, the Chargers were up big. Herbert has another nice performance. And ultimately, in the results-oriented business here, they get an L. The Denver Broncos on the last play of the game on a play that we had to learn about the rule book, like does a butt cheek equal two feet from K.J. Hamler out of Penn State because that left elbow was outside, but his bottom got down. It was enough for the win. The Broncos win 31-30. to Drew Locke gets a win. Justin Herbert gets another loss. Yet some Somehow, Kev, I think Herbert's a better quarterback. <laughs> oh no, I mean that's that's not like a surprise. That's totally reasonable when you yeah. look at like the the way the game played out. Uh, it was a, it was a real big boost though for Drew Locke. Like you know, this is a guy we talk about. Is he the guy or not? A three touchdown performance and a comeback victory. Um, Denver again. I, I think that this is a decent football team. They're down twenty four to three. I, I'll let you take it because you know again, it's kind of a pseudo team for you. Um, yeah. Anthony Lynn is done. Like Dan Quinn is gone. This he, he's blown three 17 plus point leads. Played seven yeah. games. What are you doing? Yeah. Like this Chargers team should be in the mix. 
Period. This Chargers team should like, and that's the thing that I feel almost bad for you because you were like, I really like this Chargers group. It just seemed at a quarterback, I'd be all in on right, it, right? Right, right, right. And then, yeah. so they lose Darwin. It's Tyrod. It's not Cam. It's tough. Fine. Turns out, nope, 100%. They have a quarterback. They're in the mix. They can't close games. Anthony Lynn is toast. I feel bad. I like the guy. He seems like a great person. He's toast. There's no way he survives. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I would love to see what, you know, this version of Herbert is if and when you get someone like Austin Eckler back. Remember, they didn't really overlap can only much. Go better. And I think, what's that? You can only get better. I mean, he's already. Yeah, that's what I'm incredibly. saying. And so because they're losing so close, right, could that be something that helps them? You know, this kid just yeah. – um, uh, Josh Kelly, you know, the rookie out of UCLA, we were high on early on. He's sort of fading a little, little bit back. Justin Jackson, as I told you in my waiver wire kind of video, Justin Jackson would be the back and after the bye, how he was available um, in a lot of places. But you're absolutely right. The Chargers are now 2-5, and five, so there's no reason, I think, to talk about these teams in the AFC West. They're 2-5 and five here. Um, that's what the Chargers are. The Broncos get to just under 500 in third place in this division at three and four let's keep it moving here the next game is the leaders of this division the kansas city chiefs and we were joking about it how big would the point spread have to be for you to take the number on the jets i was talking about how in the in-game live markets it might be a good place to go and if you did that when they were up 14 to three you might have been okay but patty mahomes kev patrick mf mahomes 416 yards five touchdowns literally carrying Tyreek Hill on his back but I don't know if that's a good idea because Tyreek Hill went into the stands with those people who haven't been tested for COVID so I don't know about all of that but the Chiefs listen they were dominant as we thought the Jets hung around for like maybe a quarter or a quarter and a half because it was 14-9 at one point but no one ever thought that the Jets were really going to do this and ironically Kev they didn't need the run game at all Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, uh, um, Darrell Williams, Lev Bell, they combine for less than 50 yards, but it don't matter when you got Patty slinging it like that, right? I mean, look, at the end of the day, like, Greg Williams is there trying to stop the run. Like, you're a crazy man, Greg. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, we had over two-and-a-half touchdown passes with Mahomes. You don't usually get those in the first half. He dominated this sure. game. He hit his yards prop by, like, 150 yards because they are like, oh, they're not going to actually play football. Let's make everything super low. And then everything smashed. Like, it was a great day to back Patrick Mahomes. It was a great day to back this team's passing game. I don't know if we're ever going to figure out what Lev Bell's impact on the ground game is. They, they just There's nothing going on right now. Like, last week against Denver wasn't a real football game. They barely played offense, a la the Rams this week. Now, they just, again, they were almost like, yo, Mahomes, like, let's get you back in the MVP mix. Which, by the way, he right, is right. in the MVP mix. Like, 100% needs to be in the, it's Russ right now, he is the front runner, but Mahomes is right there in the MVP mix, 100%. I'll just say this on the Jets side, Dane, scored nine points in half. Yeah. They got shut out, they got shut out in the second half again. Last week, four second half yards. This week, two second half first downs, and one of them came on the second to last play of the game. Make some adjustments, Adam. But, like, we're done here. We're done here. Again, I 
I said with the whole Buffalo game, I'm like, no, that did not impress me. I don't know if you ever cover it. Like, I don't know if you're actually going to win a football game. Obviously, nothing that happened here made me think that this team is going to be winning a football game. And I got to be honest with you, Dane, Sam Darnold, in a game where you should be throwing the ball 500 times against nothing but soft defense, 18 of 30 for 133. I feel bad for the guy. I do think there's talent there. I know the weapons are not there. It, we're talking about the trade deadline. If somebody rings that phone and offers you a second-round pick, get rid of them. Because this is only going to get worse. This is only going to get worse. You know how I feel about Sam Darnold, right? I do think they will win a game this year. But the question is, what type of team really would want to acquire Sam Darnold at this point? Right yeah, at this point, true. I understand teams that reset in the off season. Right, I think the Jets, if they go out this way, if they say go one and fifteen, if they're holding pick one or two in the NFL draft, I do. Unfortunately, even though I love Sammy D, I do think they would move on. But in the offseason, I can name a couple of teams that I think could be a fit for them, right? But in the middle of the season, I struggle to understand who is that team, that fit that they think yeah. they need to acquire Sam Darnold now. I know some people may talk about something like Dallas, but remember, they got money tied up and Andy Dalton is returning. They think Andy Dalton mm -hmm. is what Sam Darnold would be, right? I don't think there's a team right now that fits that per se. But then again, you never know what could happen in the next 30 six hours if you're a Jets fan really the only thing you need to be looking for is like can LaMichael Pirine run the ball do you like what you see out of Denzel Mims on the outside Quinnen Williams is another name we are hearing about in the trade deadline and I gotta tell you hmm. he is having a good season Kev you know he is being disruptive getting tackles I don't know if that asset is long for the New York Jets another game we got to move on here this is uh, I thought this was an interesting game uh Colts Lions because I was going to be very interested to see what the narrative would be around the winner of this game. I don't yeah. like, I know the way you feel about Matt Patricia. I'm with you on that, Kev. There are yeah. other people out there who think that, like, Patricia's building something with Detroit, right? And they're like moving in the right direction. Well, they got, they lost by 20 to the Indianapolis Colts at home. And I believe, listen, T.Y. Hilton went down in this game for the Colts. But here's what I want to say. I have been telling you all season long, Kev, that they actually don't want Phillip Rivers to do too much. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I believe that that was proven in this game. Kev, in a game where they score 41 points and Phillip Rivers throws three touchdowns and he throws for 262, he's efficient, 23 of 33, right? Of those 23 completions, Kev, 15 of them hmm. were two backs and tight ends, okay? Naheem Hines gets in the end zone twice. All three touchdowns, right? Two to Hines, yeah. one to Jack Doyle. You got Mo Ali Cox. You got Jordan Wilkins coming out of nowhere, right? Jonathan Taylor getting one. You Doyle gets in the end zone, but Trey Burton has three catches. This is backs and receivers, Kev, and it's working. Why, in my opinion? Because they're good up front, and they are still one of the better defenses in the NFL. And guess what, Kev? That prescription works in January. Yeah, I think, look, I'm going to put a pin on the Jonathan Taylor thing because we got to talk about that. Ultimately, okay. also, this team like doesn't have wide receivers, too. So I'm, I think a lot of his throws are going to be to running backs uh, and tight ends. It was a great performance for the Colts. back off of IR, though. Uh, just yeah, you know, we'll add see. someone to then, add. But Hilton's yeah. gone, though. Yeah. 
Exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a team that should just call for any wide receiver that might be available anywhere. I just want to say this on the Lions side. Like, this is why, though, like, I stress context. Because this was a game that was a little interesting to me. And then it hit me. Everybody's excited. This team's figured it out. No, they haven't. They played the Lions. They, 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 excuse me, they played the Jaguars, a bottom three team in football. Of course they beat them up. And then they got saved by the Falcons, being the Falcons. The Colts were on a completely different tier, and the two and a half was a gift. Now, of course, the Lions had a 7 nothing lead because Matt Patricia must get a lead to then ensure he blows a lead. Otherwise, it's not Sunday. But this Lions team is terrible. They're absolutely, truly, truly terrible. And... The ability to kind of realize that those two wins for them were completely, as you like to call it, fugazi, helped people hopefully get to the window on the Colts. Forget about it. On the Jonathan Taylor thing, I started yeah. this guy in DFS. I know you liked him coming into the season. I could have never imagined what happened in my wildest dreams. All right. these rookies popping off of buys. We leave the bye week. He's the third back. Naheem Hines is obviously yeah. still the pass catching back, and Jordan Wilkins is the lead back. I... I'll never start him in DFS again, and I think if you're a league owner, I don't think you're selling at the low point. I think he's done. I think he's totally toast here. He, everybody's been talking about how he's like Trent Richardson. He's running into linemen. He goes for 11 of 22 in a game where Wilkins goes 20 of 89 in a score. I think he's totally done. I think he's honestly. I don't want to go crazy. But I don't want to go crazy with bust. Like you're a running back, you're done. They're not going to care. It's going to be Wilkins. It's going to be Hines. He's RB three on this team. So uh, Hines definitely being the pat, like that role, we even said when it was Mack and Taylor going into this, we all knew that Hines would have that role. The Jordan Wilkins thing is interesting to me. The fact that they gave him the ball 20 times and Jonathan Taylor the ball 11 times. And that is what they did off of the bye. That's the other part that matters to me because in the bye, you self-scout. You look at yourself, and they decided after the bye to go with Jordan Wilkins. I will say this about the trade deadline stuff. The Colts, you know, would love, Phillip Rivers would love a wide receiver like Jamison Crowder, perhaps. That's the kind of wide receiver Phillip Rivers would really like. But we'll see what happens moving forward. We got a couple more games to preview. Come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin, we look back at all the games. We'll continue to see the sharpening of the playoff picture, what odds look like for next week. But real quick, Kev, we got to do a little bit of a mash unit. We see some of the injuries that happened um, here in Week 8, all the way back to Thursday when Calvin Ridley got banged up, right? The bad one, Ronnie Stanley, I felt bad about right after signing that crazy big-time contract, Mm -hmm. and what does that mean for Lamar and that run game that we were talking about? And then multiple 49ers, right? George Kittle goes down. Jimmy Garoppolo limps away. Even Tevin Coleman, who came back, went right back out. What is the biggest one here on this list for you? I think Miles Garrett is the name that I want to point out because they're hitting the buy. So we probably won't hear his name for a little bit. 
Mm. Unless it's like catastrophic, obviously. Whenever you see a right. knee injury pop up, you always get nervous. Again, that's a defensive player of the year uh, in lockstep, at least with Donald, for a front-runner status. I think sure. we'll be able to expand on that list a lot tomorrow. It's impact on Week 9. But Garrett is mm-hmm. somebody not playing in Week 9 that people obviously have to keep. Uh, because if Miles Garrett were to miss any significant time, everybody will be lower on the Browns. Oh, absolutely. To be quite honest, when we were capping that game uh, yesterday morning on Pro Football Today, you know, I was talking about how these teams can both move the ball, how both of these teams had bad defenses. I didn't realize the impact of the wind, but there was a big turnover margin gap in that game, Kevin. You know, I'm big on that turnover margin, right? And the Browns were like plus five. The Raiders were like minus five. And I said mm-hmm. in a team in a game where I think these teams are relatively close, I thought Miles Garrett would make a play that could really change that game, right? He leads the NFL in sacks, the forced fumbles. I agree with you. He is one of the co-favorites, in my opinion, for defensive player in the year. I thought he would make a play, but that ultimately is not what happened. And the Raiders got that job done. When you speak about teams with the bye, one other injury note I do want to mention that wasn't on this list, the team that had a bye. We are hearing that next week the Jacksonville Jaguars will not have Gardner yeah. Minshew at the quarterback position and we like oh boy <laughs> we're going for either Andy Dalton or literally some other dude okay so we'll see if that is also we have to think about Kev is that actually an injury thing because Dr. Chow seems to think that Gardner Minshew will be able could be able to gut through that if the organization wanted him as their starting quarterback, this could be a convenient way to, uh, you know, try to catch up to the Jets for the bottom, uh, for the bottom and for the top of the draft order. But I digress. We have one more game of this week before we talk about Minshew and the injuries for next week. And it is Monday Night Football where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are here in the New York metropolitan area. They'll be at MetLife tonight and they'll be taking on the Giants. Kev, the Bucks are 12 and a half point road favorites, but I don't see any way that the Giants get this win. Remember, the offensive line uh, didn't practice fully. Devontae Freeman is even still down. The Bucks come into this game with the number one rush defense in the NFL, the number one yards allowed in the NFL, the number one DVOA defense. And I'm telling you, I've been continuing to tell you that Todd Bowles and this defense is a big reason why the Bucks are now one of the favorites in the NFC. We know there'll be no Godwin, but we know Tom Brady has looked good recently. Recently, he'll still have Evans. He'll still yeah. have Scotty Miller. He'll still have his boy Gronk at tight end. And he'll still have the combo in the backfield of Rojo and a healthy Leonard Fournette. I don't see how the Giants get the job done here. Oh, they're not going to win the game. That's not a thing. If they win the game, that would be incredible. Okay. Uh, but we're here to try and figure out, can this team cover a monster, monster point spread? So we had three teams that came off of a bye. And two of them were dogs, not only covered, they got outright victories. The Colts housed the Lions, and then the Ravens were the team off of the bye that didn't get the job done. Now, the Giants aren't coming off of a bye, but their last game was Thursday. Thursday to Monday is pretty close in terms of a Mm. bye week. Getting 12 and a half at home. I think I got to take the points here. The Bucks come in, no Godwin. So Mike Evans on James Bradbury, credit to Doug Gettleman at least for that. James Bradbury has absolutely been worth it. Been a true shutdown corner on the season. They've been great against number one wideouts. So 
If you're going to be able to limit Mike Evans, it's going to be a lot of Gronk. It's going to obviously be a lot of Scotty Miller. Probably a lot of ground game as well. I'm just looking for the Bucks here to, you know, move this slowly and mm. not blow the doors off of this game. Hopefully the Giants go out there, kind of empty the tank, best effort of the season type of performance. I think I got to take the 12 and a half and what feels like a pretty favorable schedule spot and a lot of points for a home team. All right, fair enough, Kev. I put together a public parlay like, whoa, yesterday, okay? I want to tell you about it. I asked Cam, uh, our guy, Cam Stewart, about it on Pro Football Today. I was like, where am I going to trip up, right? Yeah. I was parlaying Moneyline, uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, okay. your okay. Philadelphia Eagles, right? Hey. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> straight on the money line, right? 14 oh. money line, big favorite parlay. I'm still alive. All I need is the Bucks to the juice? Know, win this game for it. I got it with the four teams. I got it to plus 160. Um, it was three teams. It was like around even money. Adding the fourth is what I thought was going to trip me up, but got me to like plus 160. So now I'm in essence holding Tampa Bay plus 160 today. I like that. Let me ask you this. I understand what you're talking about, how the Bucks may, you know, be conservative, hop in, hop out, what have you. This Giants offense, Kev, is 31st in the NFL, scoring only 17 points a game. Now, yeah. Uh, we had that back and forth that one week against Dallas where they put up points, but that was against the Dallas Cowboys defense. What do you, how do you expect the Giants to move the ball or score against this Tampa Bay Bucks defense? Not even that Devontae Freeman was a beast or anything, but he's mm -hmm. even down, right? We're talking about Wayne Gallman. I believe, you know, you can bet if you like the prop. I don't know what the juice is. I bet it's heavy that Danny Dimes will turn the ball over today, right? So, Sorry. like, how do you think the Giants hold up to their end of the bargain if you're taking the points? Because for me, I think something like 21-6 is live. I agree. I tell you what. I my, my I prefer the under of forty five. Okay, that's my preferred bet here because I agree with you. Okay. I don't trust the Giants to do anything. And now the answer to how you got to get lucky. I mean that's what it is. They they have to get lucky. <laughs> sure. They're like there's I, I can't in the wind. No seriously, Muff Pond, Bad Brady pick. You know that's Danny what Dimes do sometimes. That's what home and that's kind do of sometimes. Again, look at the Dolphins, right? I mean, yeah. they, they did nothing right. on the offensive That's side of the football. That's what dogs do. So yes. I, I think that's kind of the thing there for me where I just I feel like it's such a good schedule spot. I lean towards taking the points, but I do like this under. Because I also think if you're Tampa Bay, very yeah. vanilla. Why are you putting ex anything on tape for the Saints next week in what is not right. your – again, it's not your season isn't on the line, but it's a massive football game that you need to have. So I really do like under 45 here because the Giants might be shut out and Tampa Bay has no reason to be going out there and trying to be explosive, which is why I still also am looking to take my 12 and a half. Yeah, Kev, you know, I don't know how much you agree with me when I say these things about scheme and stuff like that, but I fundamentally believe Denzel Washington said it in Remember the Titans. If they, if the, if the opponent can't stop what you're doing, there's no reason to move off it. There's no reason to change. I believe Denzel Washington says, I run three plays. It's straight like Novocaine, right? If they can't stop it, then you keep posing the same question until they can. So I'm with you. I could see... Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette both eating in this one, right? Going in a place where 
They don't have to be dynamic. They don't have to show what they're doing. If the Giants cannot stop the run, led by Ronald Jones, who is now fifth in NFL, people don't think about this, fifth in the NFL in rushing, and a you know getting healthier Leonard Fournette, if they don't have to, then they won't. I'm with you. I mm-hmm. like this game under as well. Uh, that'll about do it for the NFL, Kev. I want to turn our attention here to college, where we have been talking a bunch about the big-time games that were going on. But we have to start here, Kev. Obviously, the story now of the entire college football season, Kev, since we have spoken last, right? The national championship market was taken down for a portion of time over the last few days. Yeah. The Heisman market was taken down because of over the last few days, obviously because Trevor Lawrence uh, tested positive for COVID and we didn't know how long. The Clemson Tigers survive a scare against Boston College. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the kid's name. But what we also heard afterwards, Dabo Sweeney in the press conference said that Trevor Lawrence will not be available this yeah. week. When the Clemson Tigers see number four, Notre Dame, this is now shaping up to be the pivot point of the college football season. Yeah, look, it's obviously massive. Now, this team went out there, and they only win the game by six. They were still, you know, 23 and a half, 24 and a half. All depends when you did your shopping. Ultimately, they closed, I think, just a shade below 27-point favorites. They only win the game by six. But... Boston College had a scoop and score and a 28-10 lead. 24 unanswered by Clemson. So once DJ Ugulele settled in, once this defense completely cut Boston College off at the heels, who did not score a point in the second half, it Mm -hmm. looked like the team that was still supposed to be laying four touchdowns, despite not having what was at that point the Heisman frontrunner. Notre Dame goes out there, ultimately handles business against Georgia Tech. They don't cover, uh, but they do win the game by 18. They tried to cover at the very last minute. It is absolutely the game of the week next week. It's one of the biggest games that we'll see all season long. Yeah. I will say this. As a Notre Dame supporter, I don't love the number. Um, It was 14.5 on the look-ahead line. It is now 6.5 reposted. Look, I, I hope Notre Dame goes out there and gets the job done, but in college, is a guy worth eight points? I guess maybe you can make a better argument than in you know, the, the pros, but an eight-point move to the number, maybe the 14-and-a-half was off to begin with. That's a monster move, and uh, what is absolutely one of the biggest games we'll see all season long. It absolutely is. Later on this week, we'll talk to our guy Joe Lisi and to start to get ahead of it, tell you where you should put your money. But anybody who watches this show knows that there's other facets of the college football season, of the college football rankings that we are talking about, Kev. And I don't know if I think it was a good week for chaos theory because Oklahoma State, they fall, right? So they fall by the wayside, like I say. You know, I think they did prove themselves to be a quality team, though it took overtime, and Texas is now kind of back in the mix. So they lost in overtime to a ranked team, but they 
for lack of a better term, fall by the wayside. You know who didn't, though? The Cincinnati Bearcats, Kev. They get a big win. I think it was 49-10 against Memphis. They look good. BYU continues to stay in there. Hopping Wisconsin, who was idle and will probably be idle for the foreseeable future. We now have two other top 10, you know, chaos teams here in Cincy and BYU. And another huge game in the SEC next week where Florida or Georgia will take an L. Talk to me about our chaos theory, Kev. Yeah, it was upsetting to see Oklahoma State go down, man. They should have had that football game. uh, And with that win, it would have been a real, real boost to their profile. Still being able to play uh, a Kansas State team uh, next coming week. And then, of course, Oklahoma, who's continuing to move up the rankings. As far as Cincinnati goes, it was a great performance. Tough game against Houston, BYU. Their season on the line here against Boise State. Uh, those two teams can pull out results, especially BYU. Uh, you know, really increases the chances for them to go unbeaten. And um, that's what it's going to take for them to even be in the conversation. Have to be unbeaten. Absolutely. Absolutely. But with every win, they stay in the conversation as others fall by the wayside. And we got a bunch of top 25 matchups. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. And as we close out, Kev, I know you're all over UFC. And you know what's interesting to me? Over the last two weekends, right? Two weekends ago, we saw Khabib win in dominant fashion, lay the gloves on the octagon mat, and say, I'm done. This week, we saw a guy who some may consider, I don't know enough to understand the full conversation, Kev, but some may also put in the idea of the greatest buy to ever lace up a pair of eight-ounce gloves like you said about Khabib last week. Some people believe Anderson Silva could be one of the best of all time, and he fought over the weekend in what many people believe was his swan song, and it yeah. didn't go that well as Uriah Hall you know, ended him in the fourth round, the nice moment at the end with them embracing and Uriah Hall even being like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. Like a Shawn Michaels super kick, right, Kev? But ultimately, Mm -hmm. talk to me now about Anderson Silva and Khabib Nurmagomedov going off potentially into the sunset. And what does this mean for Dana in 2021? Yeah, well, you know, what's weird, the Silva thing is so much different than the Khabib thing. Uh, Dana, after the fight, that's what I'm saying. Khabib kind of went out the good way he wanted to. Yeah, he's like... He's like, oh, Silva should never fight again. And Dana's right. saying that, you know, he doesn't ever plan on allowing Anderson to fight again. You know, and he was asked yeah. in a press conference, he goes, well, what are you going to do about the fact that people are going to very likely offer him a lot of money to come fight for their promotion? We were talking about one of the most popular guys that's ever put on the gloves. And he goes, look, they should never sanction those fights, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what I can tell you about that. So um, ultimately, not how Anderson would have wanted to go out, but his UFC career very likely done. And I'll just bring up this one other update. I don't know if you caught this, Dane, in the UFC this past weekend, but Brad Akamoto of ESPN reports Israel Adesanya's next fight against Jan Blahovich at 205. Ooh, moving he's on up. up. Stepping up. And if he gets that win... All of a sudden, we can start having that Izzy John Jones conversation, which, of course, would be very, very interesting. 
He needs to go on that Arena plan and bulk up with the chicken and rice every oh, yeah, day for him to get to that weight class. All right. Listen, Kev, we had a huge week in sports. We crowned the World Series champion. We almost had dramatic shakeups in college football. Anderson Silva may, in fact, walk away, and the playoff picture in the NFL comes more into focus. We'll talk about it more all week long. That's why you're here, to get the edge on the grid. For my man Kevin, I'm Dane Martinez. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.